everybody. This is John Arsh, your host of Trading Perspectives. And as always, we have our good friend, Sam Clement, here today. Sam, say hello. And as always, I'm excited to be here. Now, last week, Sam, we talked about sin taxes. Not sin taxes, but sin taxes. Taxes on sin. You know, it seemed kind of like a hot topic. We got a, li- a little bit more uh, feedback from this than we had previous episodes. A little more, uh, they wanted more. Some people had questions. So we, I was thinking we'd kind of follow give a follow-up episode we, Which, you know, probably, it probably doesn't surprise you, you know, that that surprised me. Because I sat there when you told me this is what we we're going to talk about, this is what people were asking about. I'm going, really? Because I hadn't heard that much about it. You had a number of people talking about the sugary soda deal, what's going on in California, uh, some legislation from the American Beverage Association, all that good stuff. So this is actually people on people's minds. Not only that, we talked about it, and people want to hear more about it. So you're back up a second. You're saying I was right on the topic idea. Listen, don't get too full of yourself. You know, it's <laughs> way too early in your career to have such a big head on something like that. But you were absolutely right. Good topic. People want to hear more of it. So exactly what do people want to hear? And what did you find out? So to start out, people, we talked a little bit about the cost, uh, kind of broad on it. But some people wanted some actual numbers, some quantifiable data to go along with it. Some of our more detail-oriented people, I believe. Yeah. Okay. So what did you find out? So biggest number you can come up with, uh, some sorts of say total cost. And this is where it gets a little tricky Mm -hmm. depending on how much. Uh, lost productivity you put into that, not just the actual, say, healthcare cost of these issues. Uh, if you total up the lost productivity from it, it uh, adds up to over two and a half trillion dollars. Oh come on! Where'd you get that? <laughs> As always, the economist. Uh, CDC this time. Uh, really? CDC. Two and a half, is that two and a half trillion dollars in the U.S. economy? Global U.S. Okay, US economy out of nineteen trillion dollars. So to break it down a little more, they say heart disease and stroke alone. Okay, I gotcha. Yeah. Is over two hundred billion just for the actual healthcare costs of it? Wow, that's a so lot. So that's of not money. including. That, and other sources say that seventy percent of all chronic disease um, costs associated with them are related to the lost productivity and not actually the healthcare costs related to them. Man, that's. I mean, these are some enormous numbers. So it's right. no surprise why some health health advocates and certainly some uh, let's say more progressive types in political office want to figure out a way to maybe dissuade people's um, behavior on this. I mean, sure. So I guess, you know, last week when we were talking about sin taxes, there are two different ways of looking at it. It's a tax to help uh, prevent a certain type of behavior or discourage consumers from engaging in a certain type of behavior. That's one reason for a sin tax. Another reason is, quite frankly, to raise some money. Yeah, line the coffers a little more. And one of the things that we did notice, and what we did talk about last week, we mentioned it regarding the, it's a flat, absolute dollar amount tax on cigarettes and, you know, booze and what have you, a flat excise tax, how these types of things, these sin taxes, whether or not you're going to uh, tax sugary soda a penny or a penny and a half per ounce, while it's the same, it's a flat, it has a much harder hit on the poor among us, so it could be easily be classified as a horribly regressive tax. Right. So that's what some people are very much against. Now, I guess really, if we're talking about the numbers, it's a obviously the United States has a huge health problem mm-hmm. in terms of it's just overall just how big we are. Sugar, by most estimates, is a big culprit of that. I would say, Sam, while sugar gets a lot of blame, it might not necessarily be the only reason. Frankly, we eat too much, aren't as active. Sure. But even sure. so. We consume so much more sugar now than we did even when I was a child, which was a long time ago. Yeah. 
well, you're not supposed to agree with me on that. <laughs> <laughs> we're going, we're going, pardon me now, while we have another employee review right That's now. two weeks in a row. <laughs> How about that? Gee whiz. Uh, no, but in all seriousness, we do consume a lot more sugar now as, as a percentage of our diet. And, and sugar is one of those things, though, that is it, it is a known cause of certain diseases. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And diabetes being the biggest one of them has a cost of over $200 billion a year. Um, not including all the productivity loss with it. And the thing with diabetes, too, is it has so many other side effects and yeah. other chronic diseases yeah. that kind of come from diabetes first. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you told me some of these numbers before we walked in here, and, I mean, just kind of staggering. Some other things that I didn't share with you, which I found amazing, is that Americans, according to some of the stats that I've read, Americans get up to like 350 calories a day on average just from added sugar and sodas yeah. and what have you. And that's, I mean, gee whiz, you were supposed to consume 2,000 shower, two thousand calories a day, and here we have 350 just by sugar alone. And sugar, while it's sweet and we like it, really doesn't have all that much in terms of nutritional benefit for us, particularly of the added, added sugar variety. So another thing that really kind of struck out is, stuck out to me was I'm sitting there taking a look at it and just reading some of the labels on some of these things that have a lot of added sugar and there's some barbecue sauces barbecue oh, yeah. sauce I barbecue mean, sauce is a big one <laughs> which you wouldn't think maple I mean, syrup and, the th- and a lot of maple syrup a lot of <laughs> molasses a lot of stuff I read I read this and they didn't they didn't uh, you know point out names or you were specifically mention one particular brand but the the article said that in some barbecue sauces, up to forty percent of the volume of the barbecue sauce is flat out sugar. It's, it's those real thick ones you get. Those uh, those sweet molasses based barbecue sauces. Gosh, forty percent is sugar. It's pretty gross, isn't it? Well, it's pretty gross. But well, you know, and even you can you can make even a lean healthy meat like ribs, right? Oh, yeah. Put your maple syrup barbecue sauce on it. On top of your... Your your baked beans. Your fatty ribs and your baked beans. Wow, it's no wonder the South has some of the heaviest people around. You know, but in any event, in all seriousness, though, it it does bring up a major point. And, you know, we've had... We've seen the um, certain industry... Uh, industry lobbyists go after these some of these soda taxes, and um, it's 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 going to be tied up in the courts for a while because the soda industry and the American Beverage Association, which has fought some of these uh, taxes, particularly in California, that's the most notable one at the end of and June. Chicago, and Chicago's Chicago. been huge, and uh, they've been fighting it, and they they bring up a very good point, I think, that it is, seems as though their industry is being singled out for a particular tax, whereas there's sugar in so many different products. Sure. So I can certainly understand. I mean, here, here, here I am. I make sodas. I'm not trying to be a bad guy. I'm making something that people want. And all of a sudden, here I am being taxed, specifically on top of it. So I can understand why you have the, the big pushback from, from business. I'm not, going, I'm not going to necessarily cast an opinion on that. But, but if you think about it, it's like there's a lot of money at play here, not, not, not just for the industry itself, but then also for a lot of these municipalities and, and what have you. But under, underlying all this is the simple fundamental question, if – is or is it a is it the highest and best use of government or is it government's responsibility or even desirable for the government to pass taxes have taxes solely to keep us from doing something it's a good question so sam i mean i'm going to tell you that gosh as much as i'm, I'm i hear these numbers and i'm not defending the sugar industry or anything like that all this stuff is making us sick sick you know, I'm kind of torn here. I don't really want the government getting that involved and telling us exactly what we can and cannot have. Some of this stuff is obvious. You know, cigarettes aren't good for you. 
Too much booze is not good for you. Right. Too much sugar is not good. Too much of anything. Too much of anything is a bad thing. But do I really want a bureaucrat or a government agency telling me this or trying to force me into a certain type of behavior if it's something that I like that's not necessarily imposing right. will on someone else? I mean, our capitalist economy isn't to the point yet where it's it's free market getting those things that are bad for us out of it yet. Well, it, it, I mean, we, pe- that's what people still want. Well, the thing is, I mean, what's next? I mean, the, the, that, that's the question. Okay, if we do this, well, okay, we're okay with this. Then what's next? We start off with booze, and then we went to cigarettes, and then, then we went to sugar. Obviously, all things that aren't good for us, then all of a sudden we'll, we'll get something else to come out there. You know, people would say maybe too much gluten is not a good thing. Are we going to start taxing well, bread? I, I think that's a long way away. Oh, come on. You can play with me, Sam. Play, I mean, you know, come on. Come on. You, 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 but you see, it is a slippery slope, in my opinion. Once you let that camel's nose underneath the tent and the government coming in and taxing stuff and trying to figure out, I mean, not figure out, but trying to tell us exactly how we need to spend our money. What's the next step? Sam. Yeah, I think that is a good point, actually. I just thought of this. Um, I know some countries in Eastern Europe have actually not only just sugar taxes, but have done high fat taxes exactly. and salt taxes. Hungary did a tax on high salt foods, drinks. <laughs> it's funny that Hungary should do that because yeah. I would be pretty hungry if I, right. you know, I had to pay all right. the good it's pretty bad. But, I mean, most modern scientists agree that salt really isn't all too bad for you unless you have some pre-existing heart conditions. Well, while I don't think the studies will come back anytime soon that uh, will tell us that sugar is wonderful for us, it seems as though a lot of what we take as fat or scientific fat, particularly when it comes to our nutrition, changes ever so often. I mean, when I was sure. a kid, they eggs came, are good, eggs are bad, eggs, eggs are, are good, good, eggs are bad, eggs are good, eggs are delicious. Um, and th- th- that's the bottom line to it. But when I was a kid, they came out with something called the food pyramid at the top oh, yeah. of it. The top, you're not supposed to eat very much fat and all that stuff. And down at the bottom, you were supposed to eat all these grains and all this gluten and all that stuff, all these all these carbohydrates. Now people are rethinking the pyramid. You know, we say we're putting too much emphasis on these carbohydrates. And here we are sitting around eating. And carbohydrates, as you know, just some form of sugar. So Maybe, I mean, yeah, they break down. Break down into sugar. Yeah, you break down into sugar. So here we are consuming all the stuff that at one point we thought was good for you. Now some nutritionists would tell you that fat is only not bad, but you need to have a certain amount of it in order for sure. your for for your metabolism. There's even those uh, the ketosis diets where you're basically eating all fat. You have almost zero carbs. It sounds delicious, you know, because I mean we called that the Atkins diet back in the day. They come up with yeah. a different name for it periodically, but essentially it's you eat as much meat and fat as you want. You just don't eat. Uh, it's supposed to be healthy fats, obviously, but well, I mean, not the ribs with see, the barbecue sauce. See, on fat it. is such a skewed term as far as nutrition goes, because when we say fat, we think you know body fat. Sure, it's, but, a, it's, a, it's a just completely different category. They're lipids. It just happens to have the same word as the same thing that body fat is. So people used to think that eating a high fat diet meant you were going to have a high body fat. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people did. I yeah. think. Well, yeah. But, but the point is, going back to the original point here, you know, that, that food pyramid, something that we took for granted for so long a period of time is now being questioned, eggs being questioned. Yeah. You know, it's a question about, you know, people didn't, didn't eat shrimp for a while because it's supposed to cause cholesterol. Now, all of a sudden, maybe it's not adding, adding some shrimp to your diet. It's not going to impact your overall cholesterol level. That's more congenital than right. anything else. So we're constantly learning when it comes to nutrition. So what do we do here? Do, do we sit here and say, okay, now sugar, while no one thinks it's going to come back to the super healthy for you, Maybe in a few years, some study will come out and suggest that it's maybe not as bad for you as what, what, what we thought. 
that type of thing. And actually, I've read some things that suggest it's not as bad for you as oh, all that stuff. Come but, on, John. But those are sponsored come by, on. you know, come on. By, by the, you is that know, is Coca-Cola <laughs> sponsored? <laughs> I mean, I went to Coca-Cola's website and they told me that. Um, no, but in all seriousness, though, I mean, that, that's an argument that perhaps we could make. Now, could make. So we're sitting around thinking about maybe the science does change. Maybe it's not quite as bad. Maybe, maybe it's just because we consume so much of it. I think that I mean that obviously is the root issue. So, I think yeah. I think it's pretty simple that too much of it is the issue, not necessarily. And, and so and so then that would take us to to uh, the question: Maybe we don't just tax sodas just for the heck of it. Maybe I don't know. And this is where the devil gets in, in the details. We get down the weeds. So maybe we put some kind of pressure on the convenience store uh, owners of, of the United States to no longer sell 48-ounce sodas. Seems like Bloomberg already tried that. <laughs> yeah, didn't really work. Didn't, didn't yeah. go that well. My kids, People want their big gulps. <laughs> I used to want my big gulps, too. <laughs> there was a time we were driving back from the beach, and the kids, and this was about, gosh, about eight, nine years ago. And kids were a lot smaller. Come back from the beach, and we stopped into this place. And we stopped in. Um, I'm, the place is going to remain nameless. Uh, but it sells fried chicken, and a colonel is its spokesperson. So you know, it narrows it down a little bit. Well, it does, but I'm still not going to name well, it. Sure, names. sure. Um, and I was very thirsty, and so I go in, and uh, you know, all I wanted was a was a soda. Really, I mean, that's the kids were getting something to eat, popcorn, chicken, or what have you. And I said, yeah, I want a, a large <laughs> diet soda. And I said, if you got an extra large, that'd be fine. <laughs> what the woman gave me, no kidding, was a half gallon uh, <laughs> c- container of diet soda. And my kids and, I, kids and I still laugh about that. But, I mean, they, I tell you that because it's funny in my house sitting around talking about this enormous amount of soda. And I drank every drop, by the way. No shame about it. It made for a very long drive home. But in any event, we, we drank it. I had no shame about it. I drank it all. But at the, at the end of the day, I mean, here it is, this fast food the, you know, establishment had a vessel to serve me a half gallon worth of soda. I mean, there's something just completely wrong about that. I mean, the consumer is always right, but then what happens if the consumer is pretty not, clearly wrong? Is pretty clearly wrong. Is it in government's best interest, or is it is a desirable tentative of government to come in when the consumer is so obviously wrong right. to do something about it? You know, people get so up in arms about this sugar tax, but you know, you, no one really seems to have an issue with alcohol taxes no. and cigarette taxes well the last time i tried to drink as much alcohol as i did that soda one day i didn't care too much about anything about the sure next sure <laughs> yeah, but it seems like that negative connotation around tobacco and alcohol yeah. hasn't really transferred over to sugar even though in my opinion it's even worse than both of those well the thing is sugar has not been demonized to the same degree we i mean as not we yet. mentioned last week uh, we still don't view the sugary breakfast soda quite as much as, as sinful, if you will, sure. as as giving your kids smokes for breakfast. <laughs> even so, even some of these breakfast things. I mean, I mean, pop tarts are a breakfast food now. I hated pop tarts when I was a kid, so I don't eat it them. It blows exactly. my mind that the, that is a breakfast food. Um, it's it, it's not. It's dessert, and you, and you all know it's dessert. You know, so, pancakes. Uh, well, I used to I, eat a lot of pancakes. I used to like <laughs> I used to like all this stuff. I mean, and I always get very upset. My mother would never purchase. But the point of what I was saying is that, like you said, I mean, it's not demonized to the point like a pack of cigarettes would be for breakfast. Yeah, I mean, I mean people, for, for, people don't think 
gorging their kids with all the sugar in the morning, starting their day out with oh, it, is really any any issue. Well, you're right. And particularly for someone like you, you're a health-conscious guy, you're very fit, you would sit there and say sugar is a much bigger problem than maybe even alcohol or, or tobacco, you know, taking moderate forms. But our society doesn't have moms and dads, well-meaning moms and dads, don't seem to have any problem sure. giving their kids juice box after juice box here oh it's power okay aid. your power aid here, here you're hydrating <laughs> they're hydrating all the the vitamin waters of the world they, you know stuff. they had a big lawsuit about that they deemed themselves a health drink and it turns out they had more sugar than a coke did well i mean it's uh you know all of this stuff the thing is no matter no matter what the labeling is, the consumer really does need to take a look at the back and really question what it is they're putting in their body. So here we are, we're down to almost the end of another session. We still have a lot of questions up out there. Exactly what is the role of government in this? And, you know, I'm torn here because too much sugar is a bad thing. There's absolutely no doubt about it. But I'm not sure I want Washington or Montgomery or whatever state you're in. Well, I don't so, want Montgomery. I know that. <laughs> well, you're new to the state, but I, I've been here long enough now. I'm not sure I want them telling me exactly what I can and cannot put into my body, even if they might be right. So that's me. That's a fair point. I'm, I'm with you. I mean, I definitely have mixed emotions about it. I, I tend to want the government to kind of stay out of anything, especially yeah. the food and stuff I'm drinking. But at the same time, I see this stuff and I know just how bad it is for you, how bad it is for people. Well, And, it, and it, it's, it's frustrating to see people just continue – well, at the end of the day, a lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff that we're talking about and the sugary and what, what and it's all out there, public consumption, but literally and figuratively, you take a look at this stuff. You know, sometimes a cold Coca-Cola just tastes fantastic. It just absolutely tastes, it tastes fantastic. And we all know things are okay and taken in moderation. It's, it's when we as consumers cross that proverbial line somewhere out there where we've gone from treating a treat as just another thing. And, right. you know, taking a, you know, eight and a half ounce soda or a 10 ounce soda, I mean, we bought 10 ounce Cokes from back in the day and all of a sudden getting a 64 ounce variety yeah. at the fried chicken place. At some point in the, in the past, we have gone from being smart about our consumption to gluttony. And, you know, right now we're stuck with a question, is it in the government's, is, is, it, is it the government's responsibility to keep us from gorging? You know, that might be a little deeper question than just about sodas and alcohol. So the great thing about this is, Sam, I'm not sure if we, we covered the topic to, to anyone's great satisfaction day, except for our, our own. But what it is, is I now feel good. You know what I feel good about? What? I put on some weight in my year, in my older years, and now I can blame the government. I can absolutely blame the government because they didn't step in to do something about exactly. my gluttony before exactly. now. Exactly. Well, gosh, I feel good. Good. It's oh, wonderful. Now, you know, a lot of people blame the president for a lot of things. I'm going to blame him for my expanding waistline. Well, there you have it. <laughs> Solving <laughs> world's issues one at a time. I think that's something everyone could get behind. <laughs> without, without a doubt. So, guys, at the end of the day, you know, in, in, terms, of, uh, in terms of syntaxes, you know, we've got to really question when the government wants to step in and tax something just to keep us from hurting ourselves. Because it is a very slippery slope indeed. Uh, because what might be demonized now all of a sudden might not be demonized later. And then, then stuff that's not demonized now, all of a sudden someone out there in the future might say this isn't good for you. So I, I don't see an end in sight. So once once we let the government, under, that, that camel's nose, if you will, underneath that. Do you time. think it's a fair question to let people chew on saying, does the government know what's better for me than I do? 
And I think we'll end it with that. I so that's think. a very good question. So everyone out there, thank you so much for listening. As always, we'd love to hear from Loved people. It. And so if you have any questions or any comments, any on topics for future discussion, please let us know. You can always send us an email to tradingperspectives at oakworthcapital.com, or you can leave us a review at the podcast outlet of your choice. If you are interested in hearing or reading more about kind of how we process information and what we have to say, please check out our blog, Common Sense, at oakworthcapital.com. Until next time, this is John Norris. And and Sam. And Sam Clone. All right. See you next week. Take care.